The world is changing faster and faster. What seemed clear yesterday may not be clear today, and who knows what tomorrow is going to bring. Dealing with ambiguity is not just a soft skill. But it's a necessity in today's workplace. We'll be discussing it today and providing even some suggestions on how to handle it. All that and more in just a few seconds. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, where we help you unleash the power of soft skills. Here are your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. Take it away, guys. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills podcast, episode 58. I'm Dr. Tobin Porterfield, and with me, as always, is Bob Graham. We're educators, researchers, and chroniclers. Actually, Bob will have to have a podcast one day and explain what a chronicler is, but that'll be fun for another time. We focus our attention on soft skills and the important role they play in the workplace. We've been embarking on the soft skills revolution. It started in early July 2018, and it continues today. If you want to learn more about that and join us, then visit thesoftskillsrevolution.com. But for today's podcast, we're talking about dealing with ambiguity. We face it each day with serious soft skills, as you probably detect here on the podcast, and uh, we know everyone else faces it as well. And so when we talk, we're talking about ambiguity, we are certainly, uh, I guess we can put it in opposition to something that is clear and consistent. And so often, I, I believe we we desire things to be predictable and consistent. And um, while life can get a little boring when it's like that, in fact, uh, my wife will uh, complain that uh, she just never knows what I'm going to order or what I'm going to do. And uh, uh, she would say I'm inconsistent. I would say I'm just interesting and exciting. But back to a more straight up topic on serious soft skills. No, please um, keep going, Toby. This is very much fun. I think we're oh, all enjoying yes, this. Yeah. Uh, and I am a person who uh, I do like things to be predictable. I can prepare myself for things to come. Um, but I like to throw curveballs once in a while uh, to, again, keep things interesting. But I know this dealing with ambiguity is important, as we see we've talked about before, the high clock speed, which is the rate of change in a particular industry, and we're seeing that with new technologies and new markets opening up and new products and innovations and so forth, and so it's just not feasible and realistic and practical to really know and spell everything out. We have to be comfortable in not knowing all the facts and experiencing them and being able to put things together kind of on the fly. So we see this sometimes in job descriptions and job postings where they've recognized that in their um, environment, their business environment, not everything's spelled out. You, I, I come from a, a, a career at a time where Everything was in a manual, and you would pull down the manual, and it said, if the customer asks this question, here's the answer you give. In fact, we had extensive training for people on taking phone calls from customers, and everything was scripted out. And that that structure certainly creates a comfort level. It makes it much easier to train. It's harder to train people to be ready for anything. But I know uh, our world is changing, and I know as a supervisor, I don't want to have to spell everything out for my uh, team. I'd like to be able to hand off an idea to them and say, hey, this is something we need to figure out and see how we might want to deal with it. And so rather than me taking days or hours or weeks and coming up with a solution and mapping everything out and say, okay, hey, go do X, Y, and Z. I want to hand them a situation and say, hey, 
let's see how we can solve this. So we live in a world of ambiguity, and um, dealing with it is, is really an art form. And that ambiguity, Toby, really comes down to the issue of we, we don't have as much control as most of us would like to have over our day-to-day life, our professional life, and our work. And you and I see this with serious soft skills all the time. It would be really nice to control when someone returns a phone call or an email to us, but we don't have control over that. We don't have control over economic factors. We don't have control over budgeting, and no one does. This is the reality in the business world that we live in right now. And the other thing I think that really makes things complicated is we have so much information in front of us now. Think about how we can share information in seconds right now. Think of this podcast. Podcasting wasn't around 30 years ago, 50 years ago. 50 years ago, you had to put something in the newspaper or mail someone a letter. If you were really lucky, you could fax it to them. 30 years, I guess not 50 years ago, probably 30 years ago for faxing. So 30 years ago, you could send something by fax or you could mail someone a cassette tape. And now here we are where you and I can literally record something and get it out to people in seconds and reach thousands of people in a powerful way. And that ability to communicate so quickly can be good and bad. It means we're getting more information than we ever got more quickly, but we're not always vetting that information. We have that whole area of fake news, which I don't want to go into, but what is real and what is fake? Because if I say on the internet that I'm, I've got abs like, you know, um, I don't know, pick a star, how do you know that's not the case? If I post a photo of abs, if you don't know me, you don't know that's true or not true. Toby, you, of course, have seen me in person. You know that my abs are six-pack abs, and I look just like Ryan Gosling. But for most of our listeners, that just isn't the picture they have of me. And so we can create these things, and that's part of the, the ability to deal with ambiguity is to also filter out what's not real, what's not true, And what doesn't make sense, and I think that's one of the aspects of dealing with ambiguity that's the hardest, is knowing what's right and what's wrong, what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. And it can be really expensive when you make a mistake. If you buy a piece of software because it sounded really good on Facebook and someone recommended it to you and you spend $300 for that software and it doesn't do what you need, that's a problem. If you chose a partner who's in a different country to do work for you and they don't have the resources to do that work and you gave them a deposit, that's a problem. If someone promised you something would come back from overseas in three weeks, but they didn't realize the customs could take six months, eight months, a year, that's a huge business problem. And I think that's, those are some of the real issues that we're dealing with right now, Toby. That's right on. And I also uh, I know we're going to talk about after the break, we'll we'll give some uh, folks some ideas on how to navigate this uh, this uh, unclear path we have. But um, I think that's that's so much of the reality for organizations. And uh, and as you mentioned, there's just so much information and, and inconsistency in the information. It's disjointed. It doesn't even agree sometimes. And and even even Accurate information has two different sides to it, and it's up to us to to stay on track and not to get too far off of our course. We have to respond to this changing environment we're in, but it doesn't change the goals that we're headed toward. And really, 
forcing ourselves to stay focused and say, okay, what pieces fit, what pieces make sense, what pieces do I need to push to the side and, and keep moving. And so I, you know, I would expect from our, from uh, my colleagues these days that we have a core direction that we need to hand handle and how they address it. I'm not going to spell it out for them. I, they bring their own special talents to the situation. So I'm not going to script it. I want them to work in that ambiguity. And, and I know as an, as an instructor in the classroom, students really get upset when I say, okay, you know, here's our assignment. You're going to take this case. It's got a lot of different facts in it. I want you to pull those together and make a set of recommendations. And I'll say, how many pages should that be? What exactly should that look like? Um, how specific should I can't define all that for them. And so, and they really get uncomfortable in that ambiguity, but I want them to deal with that and, and take the tools that they have and apply them to that situation. And each one is going to come out with different results, each student, but they're going to hopefully maintain true course toward what we were accomplishing. And that was to apply what we've learned in the course in that context. And how they do that and how it's presented is really up to them to bring their own flavor to it. And that really is the case for an entrepreneur as well, Toby, as we're experiencing with this company. You're constantly dealing with ambiguity. You and I have a pretty good guide for what we're trying to accomplish, big picture. But boy, in the last year or two, how many times have things shifted for us? Like, on a dime. And we're lucky. It's a small company. I can't imagine what you do when you have 5,000 employees and you have to make a really big shift because you've got to deal with this ambiguity. And I think that's part of the challenge as well is if you're a leader, how do you minimize ambiguity as much as possible on the big stuff so that people can deal with the level of ambiguity that's commensurate with their job title? And if you think about it, I, I would bet that as you move up in the ranks in an organization, the amount of ambiguity that you deal with probably increases as you climb that ladder. Exponentially. And you're right. As, as we see people come into an organization, they often start at a level where it's take this and do this and move this to here. And, and you get those mechanics down. And But part of that is that learning process of, okay, now I understand the environment. I've worked in the environment. I've done a structured process. And then as you as you grow, as you move up in the organization, you can expect that you're going to deal with less structure. And uh, I certainly I think about the customer service role all the time. And, you know, when the customer comes in and, you know, it's a traditional return or it's a or it's a standard complaint, then it then it's almost a flow chart. And it's uh, greet the customer, find it, ask them for the receipt. If they don't have the receipt, look it up here, go right down through the line. But then when something out of the blue, something totally new comes up that isn't scripted, that's ambiguous. And that's where we say, oh, hold it. Um, we don't have a process for that. I need to get my supervisor. Yep. And that supervisor is someone who has that latitude to be able to say, ah, let me look at this. I know the goal. The goal is to keep our customers happy, but at the same time, we need to be profitable. Let me find how we can connect these dots. And so as we grow in an organization, and if you're unable to deal with ambiguity and, and grow to that level where you can identify the key facts and work within that framework, then your trajectory is going to be pretty limited. Yeah, indeed. And I think that's where dealing with ambiguity really comes to play is it's it could be a career killer for, for just about anyone. 
So why don't we take a break with that, Toby, that, that positive note about career killing, and we'll do a little uh, break and then come back and talk about some ways to get better at dealing with ambiguity so you don't kill your career. Let's take a short break. You're listening to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Hey, Toby here. If you haven't bought our paperback book, The 55 Soft Skills That Guide Employee and Organizational Success, I have a deal for you. If you use the coupon code FREESHIP, that's one word, FREESHIP, at checkout on our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com, you can get our award-seeking book for just the cost of shipping and handling. That's $7. That's right. We'll send you the book for free if you pay the shipping and handling. That's nearly a $12 savings. But this deal won't last forever. Get our book on the 55 soft skills for the cost of shipping and handling alone. Just go to SeriousSoftSkills.com and order your book today. Use our coupon code free ship now back to the serious soft skills podcast so welcome back we've been talking about dealing with ambiguity which is in its very nature as i say that out loud i hadn't thought about it but dealing with ambiguity you can't really put your finger on it but we're going to try to toby you've got a couple of hints for how we can assure ensure that we're dealing with ambiguity as effectively as possible so go ahead with your list uh, this is perfect because what we're going to do is we're going to try to put some structure around something that's unstructured, ambiguity. Uh, so number one is, uh, as we've approached this, I hope you've realized that we need to first accept that ambiguity is a real part of today's work environment and that uh, complexity is everywhere and we can't have everything scripted and known. And then how do we live in that? And part of it is accepting that it's there and that we're going to need to work within it. Number two, I touched on before the break, and that is uh, keep a compass. Know what your goals are of your organization, of your operation, and that way, as things occur that don't fit within the norm, and we're trying to come up with solutions that work, we know what parameters we can work with. So know what you're trying to accomplish and remain true to that, and then we can flex in how we reach those end goals. Number three, uh, I love this one, and that is call in the reinforcements. We don't have to address these things completely on our own. When we find that something uh, is out of bounds, it's ambiguous, sometimes bringing in an extra set of eyes and someone else to, to, to bounce it off of, and they may have had a similar situation or uh, know a workaround, and so bringing other people into the mix is a great way to address these. And it also helps because if you're getting feeling a lot of frustration because things are out of control. I don't know what this is. I don't know what that is. Bringing someone else in to realize that you're not alone in that uh, can really help out. And also, Toby, just talking out loud about it sometimes lessens it's in our heads. It's more powerful than it is when we get it out and someone says, yeah, okay, that's real. You're right. Yep. And I've had that. They'll say, and why are you uh, holding up on this? Just do do X and let's get, let's move on. Yeah. And speaking of which, our fourth is heed the signs. Um, is to really recognize, know what your known processes are, your known environment. So when something's out of kilter, you recognize it and can then 
adjust as needed. I, I, and I'll, we'll fall back to that old uh, classic story. I don't even know if it's even true, but it's such a uh, such a uh, retold story is that uh, talk about when how to recognize counterfeit money and that instead of instead of trying to study all of the different variants of uh, counterfeit currency, the FBI studies the original currency. So they become experts on what it should look like. And then if something comes down the pike that doesn't exactly match that, they know right away, hold it, something's funny here. We need to handle this one differently. So for for our frame is let's let's know what we're supposed to be and let's look let's know what consistently should look like. And then if things come in that are a little different, then we can say, Oh, hold it. The same old response isn't gonna work. We need to handle this one differently and then make some adjustments. Well, Toby, I think we're going to have to draw the line there because I want to be really clear that serious soft skills in no way encourages people to look at counterfeit money, looking for ways to make counterfeit money, because it sounded like you gave us a recipe for disaster there. That is not part of ambiguity, but it was a great story. I've never heard that. And so with that, Toby, now we've gone in, of course, a direction I never imagined we would. People can look for new episodes of our Serious Soft Skills podcast every Wednesday. Who knows what might happen next Wednesday? This week it was counterfeiting. Next week, I can't even, I'm not even going to put it out there. It could just happen. Um, So if you liked what you heard today or in another episode, give us a great review on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcast content. Share your, our podcast, I'm sorry, share our podcast with someone you know. And by all means, go to the softskillsrevolution.com. That's the softskillsrevolution.com and join our revolution. We want to change the world's view on soft skills and you can help us get there. So with that, Toby, until next week, when we look at a new aspect of soft skills, thank you for listening. Good day. And as always, good soft skills. You've been listening to Serious Soft Skills with your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. If you like what you hear, then take a moment to review us on iTunes. Looking for more insights on soft skills? Then check out our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com, for blog posts, newsletters, and other resources. And look for a new episode of Serious Soft Skills every Wednesday.